Welcome to The Pulse on Akaville Radio, hosted by Rachel Schoenbaum. The Rolling Tones formed in 2009 from University of Connecticut, making it one of the youngest and hippest co-ed acapella groups on the campus. From classic rock hits to contemporary top 40s, you're always guaranteed for some good tones and good times. I am so pleased to welcome Sarah and Zach from The Rolling Tones. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, how are you? Hi, good. How's it going? Good, thanks. So uh, I wanted to start off asking how The Rolling Tones got started. Sure. So I can answer that question for you. So um, the Tones does date back to the Rolling Tones name dates back to 2009, but the history of the Tones actually goes back a little bit more than that. So dating back to 2006, the Rolling, uh, Rolling Tones was under the name of Sheer Modulation as part of the Halal Society here at UConn. So what that basically meant was it was an acapella group that was formed out of the Halal Society for Jewish members. And um, they basically were just doing it for fun, having fun singing with their friends. And uh, at one point, one of the members decided that they wanted to make it a little bit more musical and a little bit more legitimate, so they brought in uh, somebody with a little bit more musical knowledge who was not Jewish and uh, asked them to help them out with some of their arrangements and some of their songs. And at this time, they were singing a lot more world music, a lot more uh, cultural stuff. And at that point, the person who brought in this new person uh, left or graduated. And from there, the person who was more interested in the music aspect and making it into a legitimate acapella group um, be, got it to be a part of the acapella society here at UConn. And um, so we started holding normal auditions for anybody who wanted to join. And from that point, uh, a couple of years later in 2009, they decided to rebrand. And the two choices were Tonal Recall or the Rolling Tones. They voted on Rolling Tones. And from then on to now, that's who we've been. And through time, it's kind of shifted into doesn't really have too much connection dating back to the Halal Society anymore. But, it, um, you know, we definitely recognize the roots and... Now, at this point, you know, we've been around for technically 14 years, 13 years. Ooh, 13. So it's time for your bar mitzvah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, clarify, piggyback off what Zach said, making the acapella group more legitimate. Mm-hmm. So at UConn, we have a UConn Acapella Associ- Association, which kind of collectively supports the main acapella groups on campus. So as of now, there are... 10 acapella groups including us so nine others included yeah and yeah and, and collectively they have their own respective e-board that kind of helps coordinate concerts that include all of the groups helps with funding things like that so yeah yeah well with such a large presence of acapella on the campus what's it what's it like to be part of that large group do you want to answer that? Um, or? I, I, I can answer. I, first, yeah. yeah, I'm sure we both have things to say. I think it's really awesome. Like everyone in acapella, not it. The friendships you make aren't just restricted to the groups that you're in. Everyone, it, it's really created a really big community for all of us. Like I don't think I go a day on campus without running into someone from acapella. The groups love to collaborate, hold and host invitationals together. People will perform with each other at different gigs across campus. Um, we have Spookapella coming up, which is a Halloween concert where all the acapella groups come together and perform Halloween music or just like, dress up. Some of them do themes, some of them do yeah. dress up. <laughs> it's, it's great all yeah. the time. But it really creates a nice community for cool. us. Yeah. And to go off of that, um, the interesting thing about UConn, or acapella at UConn is that when you uh, when the audition process starts, you get to choose however many acapella groups you want to audition for. So in that process, you know, especially if you get a callback, you start to get to know each group, you know, the people in that group a little bit more as you gauge who you want to join. And then once you, you know, once your, your, your placement is determined, 
you still kind of have those friendships. So once we all come together for an event like Spook Appella again, you know, you know, you're like, whoa, hey, what's up, Joe? For example, like, <laughs> it's great to see you again. And you start to really form these relationships and throughout all the groups. You know, when we do these invitationals, it's not just that we're coming together and we're performing as acapella groups. We're coming together and we're congregating more to sing together. That's that's right. what's so great about it. You really do make um, a lot of friends outside of just your group and. Um, it's, it's just great because you all, you all share that interest and it's good for people who don't or who are not part of necessarily other things on campus such as Greek life or things like that where you still have this larger group of people but then you also have your smaller group that you sing with and you do something you love with together. So, yeah. Yeah. I also think that being able to be a part of one of those larger presences on campus really gives us individually a lot more opportunities to participate in bigger things on campus. So we performed at Convocation where all the freshmen came in and we actually got to meet the new president of UConn and we'll do other more philanthropic stuff such as Language for All. So that was supporting um, deaf students in Nicaragua, I'm pretty sure, which was really awesome. And it's just given us the opportunity to become more involved in other things on campus that I don't think I otherwise would have had the opportunity to be a part of. Absolutely not, yeah. That's awesome. So I guess the flip side of my question is that with so many groups, how do you guys differ? How do you differentiate yourselves from the other groups on campus? Every group has kind of their own thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was That's say. pretty much yeah. what it boils down to. There's um for example, there's two for example, there's two all male groups. One of them is a lot more, I would say, casual and goofy. They like to they like to make jokes when they perform and do little skits. The other one is a little bit more serious, a little bit more like reserve where they dress up a little bit more for their performances and that's just that's just a good example comparing one versus one then when it comes to all the other groups such as the co-eds or the all females everybody kind of has their own vibe sort of sense so and it all comes down to you know it comes down to everything from your rep down to your marketing you know what i mean like some groups have a more serious like logo with a more serious vibe where other ones kind of less so and um you know and a lot of the groups have a lot more rep that might be focused around hip-hop versus rep that's focused around alternative and you kind of get placed into your you kind of get placed into your you end group up where you belong. exactly you end up where you belong because it's just kind of like the vibes of the songs that you sing combined with the people. vibe with the people kind of makes your perfect you know your perfect yeah. singing and in terms in terms of where we lie in that yeah. we're definitely I would say we're more of like a laid back group, which I love. Like, yes. Were you gonna say? No, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're definitely. Um, a lot of us are really. So we all obviously love music, and I think something that we pride ourselves on that I love to boast about is that um, all of the music that we perform is arranged by members of our groups. Cool. So although we do tend to have a more laid back, easygoing vibe, we're still all very clearly passionate about music. And, yeah. and we take it and we do, you know, and we take it seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing, you know, that's one thing that stands up, stands out about our group. Another one is that we have, um, I think out of any of the groups, we have the most people here that are also involved in UConn choirs. So we have a lot of people in our group that already sing and uh, a lot of time doing that. And, um, you know, because of that, you know, we like, we, we really do have a laid back vibe and we love to just hang out and relax and be chill. But at the same time, we know what it takes to come, what, you know, what it comes down to to take, to be serious and, um, you know, produce that sound. That's not just, you know, that makes us kind of stand out. as not just a regular college acapella group, but kind of more you know, I 
Yeah. In terms of your rep, how does that translate into the songs that you choose to sing? So most of our rep is composed of, I would say, like alternative, indie, rock, stuff like that. But because we have such, we have a choral foundation, Mm -hmm. we do kind of tend to go back and include some repertoire that is a little bit more chorally. So I think last year, and I always talk about this song at rehearsal, but last year or two years ago, we added the song Creeks by Bonnie Bear to our rep, except we sang it, there was no soloist, and we sang it very acoustic, chorally. Homophonic. I don't know if you know what that means. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> uh, it was very homophonic in texture. Like it was um, very choral. The Every chord changes. The chord changes happen on each note uh, as things at the same time. Very just uh, blend heavy piece. Yeah. Cool. And, and juxtaposing that, we do a ton of other like Mr. Brightside, we're singing When You Were Young This Semester, Movement by Hosier. So excited for that one. And, yeah, and then on top of that, we do a lot of, uh, so we do a lot of that alternative stuff, a lot of 90s, 2000s, and then we do a lot of older music too, um, such as we're doing Brandy by Looking Glass and uh, In My Life by The Beatles, Beatles. Moving Out, uh, Billy Joel, just yeah. so. Wide range, but all still having the same vibe. And I think, which, again, going back to having our, all of our members arrange the music ourselves. It really, we get a distinct sound by choosing similar repertoire, but it's, there's still diversity in each arrangement because they're arranged by different members of the group. So it keeps it interesting. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, what, what role does competition play for you guys? Is competing something that you guys are interested in doing? What, where does that lie for you? Um, so at the moment, we're not the most competitive, com- competitive heavy group. Pretty I mean, we don't go out to perform with the sole purpose of competing. Mm-hmm. A lot of times what will happen is we'll end up at invitationals where it is kind of a, like it's a clapping-based competition. Like one group performs <laughs> yeah. and the next group performs. Whoever gets a lot of applause wins, quote-unquote, for that round. And yeah. um, I think in the future, I think it would it could definitely be a possibility, like the opportunity or the possibility of uh, perform, um, competing um, with, with the purpose of competing. But... Um, as of right now, we kind of just focus on, you know, getting our rep down and, uh, in general, we're going through a very, uh, like dramatic phase in our, in our history phase right shift. now, yeah. phase shift. We're doing a lot of changes. So I think at the, at that, uh, at this point, that's kind of what we're focusing on. But I think going forward in the next few years, I mean, it would definitely be, um, a possibility. Yeah. And I guess to kind of explain more when he says the phase shift, we're, we're definitely evolving as a group. We um, we current we just recently rebranded, so we have a brand new logo. We're looking to get a bunch of new merchandise. Um, upload. We just made, wrote a, rewrote a new constitution. So there's there's starting to be a shift in how our group is. I don't know, like is just carried <laughs> out, carried out. Yeah, how you structure yourselves, maybe, and operate. Yeah, yeah exactly. But um. But in terms of the competitions, I, I would say that we're definitely still a little bit more laid back. We're still, the sole purpose of our group is just to enjoy singing our arrangements. And even if we do get invited out to a competition, we'll go, but we're really just there to have another opportunity to perform. And we don't focus too much on choreography or things like that associated with music because we do focus very much on the blending and the and how we're singing it and that tends to take up most of our time and I think because we're a little bit more laid back it's it's something that we don't really stress as much um but yeah it's kind of where we're at right now cool 
Well, I know that recording is something you guys prioritize, at least to some degree, that you lay down your tracks for posterity. Um, when do you know that it's the right time to do that? Um, we typically like, sorry, there's some music playing in the background, but we typically like to try and record every three to four years just so that each person has at least one opportunity to get that experience of recording while they're in the group. So as people graduate, new members come in, um, that's when we kind of think, okay, we think it's time to start recording again. We're actually considering recording a new album in the spring, maybe sometime next, or maybe sometime next year in the fall, we'll see. But yeah, it's typically just to give every member the opportunity to get that experience at least once, because it is a really awesome experience and it's really different. Yeah, no, so I actually, I have not um, yet done an album because they the album that we have last released in uh, 2018 my second semester. was, yeah. yes, it was recorded the semester before I came to UConn and then literally pretty much the day I got into the group, they released it. <laughs> and, well, it was, Do you think they were trying to send you a message? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just, it was, um, it was great though to be, in a way it was actually really great though to be able to hear that album because as I was going through the audition process and I was looking groups up, I was hearing these recordings and I was like, oh, wow, like that, that sounds, that sounds yeah. stellar. Like I would really definitely love to be a part of that and um, <laughs> help me kind of like, I think that that is actually a big part of kind of what got me into um, this group so much when I was going through the audition process was like, I really liked the sound of the album and the way it was mixed and mastered and um, it made me like realize, you know, obviously they're going to do another one. Uh, in a few years, and I would love to, I would love to be a part yeah. of that. So yeah, we were really we were really proud of that album. That was awesome. Yeah. What can you talk a little bit about about the genesis of that album and how you chose the songs that you decided to actually lay down? Yeah. So um. So we decided to include our entire rep for that semester. So the way that our how, the way that we kind of create our repertoire is there's about we try to keep ten to thirteen songs in our rep per semester, and we add three to four, I would say, every semester. And they kind of rotate out. So every time we choose a song, it will stay in the group's repertoire for three semesters before being rotated out and replaced with another song. So for that album, which we decided to call Second Son because it was our second album, and um, it is a lyric from Creeks, actually, which I had talked about earlier. Second, yeah, it's Lyric and Creeks. Um, so we decided to include our entire repertoire and it was just a really awesome experience. I mean, I, I had never done anything like that before. We had set up a studio in one of the practice rooms in a dormitory. We brought in someone. We outsourced someone, I think, from... Buffalo? Buffalo. Hmm. Was it? Um, I, I, it was somewhere in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. the... Um, Liquid Fifth Productions, that's who we use, yeah. And I actually, the, the guy we worked with, Anders Borg, he was awesome. Shout out, Anders. Like, you did a great job. And um, it was really just, because of because of budgeting constraints, we really only had one week to record the entire album. So that was, wow. what, it was like, 10, I think 11, 12 songs with at least six voice parts on each one and everyone had to record individually. So I think we tried to make it two to three songs per day, Monday through Friday. Everyone's schedules had to be sent in. It was, it was really hectic. <laughs> totally. So. Well, Sarah and Zach, thank you so much for your time today. That was really lovely for sharing um, your thoughts and ideas about the Rolling Tones. Thank you. Of course. Again, that was Sarah and Zach from the Rolling Tones from University of Connecticut.
Thanks for listening to this week's The Pulse, only on Acaville Radio, with special shout-out to Sam Baker for audio assistance. Remember, Acaville Radio is your home for the best in acapella news, music, and video, only at acaville.org.